Hey Charmers, welcome into another episode of You Got It, Miss Charm School Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know the drill, you know the drill. Come on in, kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Yes, I hope you have some libation, something to hydrate yourself, nourish yourself, fuel your body. We are con composed of so much water and so many of us are just walking around dehydrated okay we need to go ahead and fill up our cup fuel our body with some nutritious water I know I have mine today yes I do finally (laughs) and for those of you who want to go ahead and get you something a little stronger maybe you need some red wine I'm here for sis go ahead and pop the cork and take off your shoes and just Come get settled into this space. Go ahead and take some deep breaths. Oh, just to cleanse ourselves and ground ourselves in through your nose. Hold at the top of your head. And release. Again, in through your nose. Hold at the top of your head for four. And out through the mouth. And one more time. In through the nose. Expand your belly. Expand your diaphragm. Hold at the top of your head for four. And out through your mouth. Ah, shake it out. Move your mouth around. Move your jaw around. Shake your hand. Shake your shoulders. Shake your head. Ah, and just release, 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 release. Mm. Feels good. There you go. Welcome, girl. Now you're present. (laughs) Welcome in again to Miss Charm School Podcast. For those of you who are new, Miss Charm School Podcast is for modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their sensuality, and their spirituality. Another way I like to describe Miss Charm School Podcast is for women who are in transition, women who are in transition from their womanhood into their queendom. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. When you're in your womanhood, it's really your me season. As my mother says, you can eat and break the plate. Your decisions really only impact yourself. And it's a beautiful time in your life. It's a wonderful, important season for you to really learn thyself. And the lessons that you glean from your womanhood, you carry into your season of queendom. I believe queendom is a promotion. I believe promotion comes by God. And queendom simply just means that your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but they impact the lives of others. If you think about a queen, she has subjects, she has people that work in her royal court, she has people that she's accountable to that are perhaps in parliament or some type of judicial board that she runs decisions by. She may be a queen by marriage or she may be a queen by birthright. Uh, different ways that queendom could manifest for you. You could be a queen because you are a mother or you're a fiance or you're a wife uh, 
or you are prom- have a promotion on your job and you have different people that you work around that you are accountable to and they are accountable to you. And so queendom can manifest in many different ways in your life. But the point is, is that your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but they impact the lives of others. And here on Miss Charm School Podcast is a space for us to do life together where we really practice and put in the work to be excellent queens in our life. I want to share an analogy that just popped in my head that I've been sharing with uh, some of my friends. I realized that as a wife and a mother in a home, you're really the oxygen of your home. Think about that. If you grew up with a mother in your home or you have an auntie or a mentor or someone that you're close to and you can kind of witness how they operate, when they're having a bad day, usually the people in their house are having a bad day. (laughs) When they're in a funky mood, usually the house is a funky mood. If they're not a clean person, usually the house is not clean unless they hire someone else to come in and do it for them. When you think about it, a woman is literally the oxygen of her home especially a woman who is a wife. Her husband often can default to her, especially if he's sick or default to her for uh, different household responsibilities at times. Um, Her influence really impacts the thermostat and the atmosphere of her home, even down to her children. And so when you think about that and you think about how important oxygen is, we need oxygen to breathe. And if we play with my analogy of a woman being the oxygen of her home, then it matters that you do the work so that you are filtering in and out clean air so that those around you who are surviving off of the life force of your oxygen, that they are also consuming clean air. And that's really what we do here at Miss Charm School Podcast. God 100% uses my life to help me get myself together. Uh, through different life lessons, different mentors, coaches, books, and those different revelations and those different people that God brings into my life. I bring them here on Miss Charm School Podcast. I bring the, le- the, excuse me, I bring the lessons of wisdom here. And I also bring the different mentors and friends that I have here and share them as resources with you guys here so that we can filter ourselves Think about an air purifier in your home or an air filter in your home. Every now and again, you got to go in and clean it out so that it can still function properly. Even a fan in your house. If you think about a fan, you have to go and dust the fan off. It can collect dust if you don't clean it up. And if you don't clean it every now and again, it can build up and it blocks the flow of oxygen in the home. And so we want to do some cleaning We want to make sure that we're cleaning our lives, that we're filtering our lives, that we're doing the life work that it takes so that we can have purified air flowing through us from God on high and flowing out from us to the people in our lives. Does that make sense? I hope that creates a wonderful picture analogy in your head. It made sense to me. And next time you see a woman who's married and a mother especially a woman who's operating in both of those functions in her home where she's a wife and a mom, I want you just to thank her and congratulate her for all that she does. I realize that we have a Mother's Day in the United States and I'm not sure other parts of the world if they also have Mother's Day, 
But a lot of places don't have wives day or husband's day. And I thought about that. I'm like, man, a wife is really the oxygen of her home. And there's not really a day in the American culture where we just celebrate wives for their labor, for the work that they put in to get up and show up every day and their function, their God function, their God promotion of their life. Um, you know, sometimes wives are cooks and also they keep the maintenance of the home, but most importantly, they set the atmosphere of the home and that takes work. You have to get up and decide to be in a positive attitude that day. You have to get up and decide to love on your home. You have to get up and decide to be a purified filter. (laughs) And that's not always easy because we're human beings that live life like everyone else. You know, someone cuts people, People cut wives off on the freeway every day and she could choose to have a funky attitude. Um, So just congratulate a wife next time you see her and just let her know, like, thank you for all that you do, seen and unseen. You are appreciated beyond words. And she may not hear that enough in her home with her children or from her spouse. So just let her know that you appreciate her for all that she does to get up every day and to put on a smile and smell good, look good. Be accountable to the people around her that love her and lean on her. Just thank her for being the queen of her life and the queen of her kingdom. Yes, 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 yes. I know the Miss Charm School podcast has listeners from all over the globe. Yes, we do. We have people that are listening in the United Kingdom, all over Europe, parts of Africa, the continent of Africa and different countries. We have people listening from all over North America, as well as the Caribbean as well. And so I'm just so grateful, so honored, so humble for each and every one of you that show up each and every week. It's just a true, true blessing. So thank you. I want to get right into this week's topic, and it really has to do with the filtering and the cleaning out, if you haven't put that together already. So I, you may hear some pages ruffling in the background. That's just me going through my journal and my notes. But I have been really focusing on this word of deliverance. The last episode I recorded, I was processing a, a slew of mixed emotions on top of many of you know my father recently passed. It has now eclipsed one month of him no longer being here and transitioning onto glory. And so... And just being at rest in general. And so this past month has been a mix and a myriad of emotions for me. And I've been so grateful for each and every one of you who have reached out to say, you know, your, or send your condolences and let me know that I'm in your thoughts and your prayers and that you're thinking of me. I genuinely appreciate that. I don't take it for granted. And I know that in your time of need, if that may ever arise, I pray that that same level of generosity and kindness that you've given me, that it be poured back to you a hundredfold for the kindness that you extended to me and showed me. I'm so appreciative. And so it's just been a time, child. It's been a time. (laughs) And during this time, it's been ups and downs, hills and valleys. And now that I'm on sort of emotionally the other side, I'm in a stronger place now because I sort of decided that I'm done dealing with the wounds of my childhood 
And not that I'm done working on them, but I'm done going around the same mountain. And when I use that expression, I'm referring to the children of Israel that wandered in the wilderness for 40 40 years. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, not because the destination took them 40 years to get to, but just because they couldn't get over their stuff. And so they were not able to, the ones that left Egypt, they were not able to, the older generation, lay hold of the promised land. It was their children, Joshua, they were able to go into the promised land and inherit the land that God promised their forefathers. And so I sort of made an internal decision that I want to possess the land. I want to experience the blessings that God has for me in this lifetime. And I want to walk in that. I don't want to go around in the wilderness again after year after year again and again and again. I want to learn my lessons. I want to get it right. I want to be free. And so this word deliverance has really been just percolating, if you will, in my system. And I've been really seeking God about deliverance from generational patterns that aren't serving me deliverance from my tongue I got angry a couple weeks ago and yelled at someone and you know the day before I handled I addressed the issues I had with the person and I addressed them very calmly and I used my tools and all the things we talk about here on the podcast and it was productive and only for the next day for me to go back to a behavior that I know does not work. And I really had to sit with myself and say, you know, why did I do that? And after I went through all the emotions of being disappointed and frustrated and shamed of myself, I just then decided, you know what, God, I'm grateful that that, let's say a pimple, I'm grateful that that pimple surfaced in my life because it needed to come out. And instead of me just apologizing and then moving past it, Let me actually dig up and deal with the root. What caused that pimple to surface? Did I eat a bunch of fried foods? You know, like I started to think like that around why did I have this emotional eruption? Okay, I understand it now. And if I knew that I didn't want to go there, but went there anyway, why? And I sat with myself with that and I decided that I don't want to do that no more. And I decided that anger is not a sin, for there are many times in the Bible where God said that God is angry, God hates sin. You know, he hates the injustice in the world, he hates the evil in the world. And so to be angry is not necessarily a sin, but the Bible says to be angry and sin not. And the Bible advises you to try to step away from anger Because anger sometimes can prompt us to do things that are unrighteous. (laughs) And so I started looking at these scriptures and I started thinking about this and I started to realize that it was okay for me to be angry and upset, but I needed to, one, breathe, pause, recognize what's coming up for me. Two, Allow God to hold my hand or to take, excuse me, take God's hand and allow God to walk me through what's coming up for me. Once I identify what's coming up for me, 
allow God to walk me through it, which means I need to sit down, collect myself, breathe, maybe pick up my journal, go for a walk, clear my head, whatever it is, and invite the Holy Spirit to say into my life and say, you know what, God, hold my hand, help me walk through this right now. What am I not seeing? What do you need me to see? And step three, God wants to help me transmute the fear because usually when the anger is coming up, the real root issue is usually some vulnerability, some insecurity, some fear that's really not of God. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love. So God taught me that you need to lean out of fear and transmute the fear to love. And transmute is the specific word to use. Not transform, not transcend, but transmute. Because transmute specifically means to change the energy. Like it's altering an energetic field. So to go from one energy to switch to the other or to go up higher. Uh, another person explains it as going up the scale. So fear is a very low negative emotion and you want to go up the scale to the positive emotion and the highest vibrational emotion would be love because God is love. And so God told me, you need to transmute this fear into love. So those are the three steps. One, identify what's coming up for you. Two, grab God's hand and allow God to walk you through that emotion that's coming up for you. Stop, ask God questions, breathe like we did when we started this podcast. Pick up a journal, go for a walk. You know, if you're in the middle of a heated argument, tell your person like, you know what, babe, I need a good 20 minutes to kind of identify what's coming up for me. Can we talk about this later? They may say yes. They may say no. They may say, why can't we talk about it now? You know, and you could just say like, well, I don't want to be angry and yell. I need 20 minutes. Is that okay with you? They may not like it, but take your 20 minutes, child, and grab God's hand and walk through that emotion with God. And God will show you where the fear is, where the insecurity is, where the wound is, the emotional wound is that's coming up for you. And God will show you how to transmute that fear into love. Yes, he will. And so I began to sit with that and I was like, oh my God, I didn't do that. I just popped off. Okay. I just black girl neck roll. I just went there. Okay. And <laughs> while I was proud of myself for bringing my voice forward, I was disappointed in myself for my delivery. And so I kind of made a point that I don't want to be that person. I want to be known as an excellent queen, not because I'm concerned about um, somebody else's judgment, but I genuinely, especially in love relationships, family, a partner, if you love someone, I'm sure you don't like to be yelled at. <laughs> and even though you can be understanding of a person, it's still uncomfortable. And so why not try to work on yourself to a point where that's not even a part of your character? People like, no, like so-and-so, they always like chill, tactful, like they're patient, they're calm, you know, but doing it from a genuine place, not doing it from a place where you're swallowing your emotions, but genuinely knowing how to process things in the moment, transmute the fear to love in the moment. And that's a skill. And guess what? I'm in practice. Yay. <laughs> so instead of being mad and frustrated at myself, I just decided, you know what, God, I'm done with these emotional wounds that have become triggers. 
and I'm done with failing the test. I decide I'm going to do the work, practice, so that I can pass this test so that it becomes second nature. I won't even have to think about it. Imagine that. One day, I'm going to be in an argument with somebody, and I'm not even going to have to think about, oh my God, they're provoking me. They're, I'm feeling triggered. I'm about to yell. I won't even go there. I'll immediately be like, okay, oh, this is coming up. Okay, boom, let's transmute this. All right, how do I find love? Where's love? Where's love? Where's love? And then be able to respond, <clears throat> excuse me, in positive and healthy ways. That's awesome. Imagine as a mom one day being able to respond to my children in positive and healthy ways. I think that's wonderful. That's the kind of woman that I do genuinely desire to be. Some of you may not. Some of you feel like you might enjoy popping off at people. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But I've never enjoyed yelling since I was a little girl. I didn't like when my parents yelled at each other. And I don't like when I've had moments of yelling at partners or, or even my parents, people that I love. And so I really want to get better at that to the point that I am unbothered or untriggered. You know, there's no charge. There we go. I do genuinely desire to get to a place where there's no charge. I'm able to see it clearly, deal with it directly and move on and stay in love. Wow. How powerful would that be to be able to stay in God's love no matter what comes before you? The enemy won't have a stronghold to pull you out of a state of love. You can stay in the energetic field of love. Ooh, doesn't that sound juicy? This is, I feel like this is very high level self-love talk. To be in a place so deep in God's love and be at a place of practice of knowing how to stay in God's love so you're constantly vibrating at high level self-love, which is staying in Christ. How powerful is that? Yes, if you're a charmer, you know this is how I get down. This is how we talk, y'all. Some days I, I'm not there and I'm in the thick of the emotions, but I'm grateful for you guys continuously showing up as I walk through and process and practice. And I pray that as you see my life in practice, that it encourages you to continue to do the work for you as well in your practice and in your walk. Don't be mad at yourself. Don't beat yourself up like I did. You know, just find the love to be grateful that you're in practice and forgive yourself. Mm, yeah, let's stop there for a second. Forgive yourself. You may have done things that you're not proud of. You may have habits that you feel like you're ashamed of. But all you have to do is decide to forgive yourself because God's already forgiven you. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from God's love. Nothing. There's a disciple that said, even if I made my bed in hell, it wouldn't separate me from the love of God. That's how much God loves you. So why are you walking around being hateful towards yourself, picking at yourself, beating yourself up, speaking down to yourself, comparing yourself to the next person. No, time out for that. Forgive yourself. Comparing your relationship to the next person's relationship. Time out for that. Forgive yourself. You're only in your skin. That's it. <laughs> you only have your body type, your face, your whatever. It's true self-acceptance. And that may start with saying, you know what? I forgive you for how I've spoken to myself. Self, I forgive myself 
for how I've spoken to myself, how I've beat myself up, how I've allowed shame to persist longer than it needs to. I forgive myself for the things that I'm embarrassed about, how I yelled at this person that I really love and care about. And I didn't mean to, but I just had an emotional eruption. And instead of blaming them and saying they should understand, maybe it starts with just saying, you know what, I can be better. And instead of shaming myself, I just accept it and I forgive myself. I forgive myself. Everybody say it. I forgive myself. I forgive myself for the areas I feel ashamed about. I forgive myself for the areas that I'm embarrassed about. I forgive myself for the areas where I've fallen short. I forgive myself for the areas where I have missed the mark. I forgive myself for my emotional popping off. I forgive myself for the mistakes that I've made. I'm a human being and I forgive myself. Sometimes I may make mistakes, but guess what? I'm in practice. And today's a new day for me to get better, do better. And one day I'm going to pass this test. And one day this information is going to be so second nature that I'm not even going to have to think about it. It's just going to be automatically happening. How exciting. And refocus, like the last episode, shift. That's when it started for me. I started to make the shift when I recorded last week's episode. And fast forward to this week, as I started really thinking about deliverance and started really thinking about being set free from those emotional triggers. God showed me that in order to really embrace deliverance, one, I had to ask, simply ask God for it. So two things. Before I got to a place of asking God for deliverance, the first thing I got to was surrender with God. And I recently just read a scripture about how God is near the broken and contrite heart, that that is actually appealing to God when you can really lay it all at the altar and say, you know what, God, I made a mistake. You know, I want to be better. I don't know why this, you know, I keep going around this mountain in this wilderness and I want to be free of it. I want to be better. I want to love myself better and I want to love others better. Starting there with a true surrender in your heart. And by a true surrender in your heart, the image that comes to my mind is imagine like a paper heart cut out on a piece of paper, like a red construction paper. Remember construction paper, y'all, from like elementary, from primary school? Okay. Imagine you have a heart made out of construction paper. And that heart bows, like you fold the construction paper down like it's bowing. To me, that's true heart surrender. When you can take your heart to God at the altar, and the altar could be the foot of your bed, the altar can be the literal altar at church, the altar could be your car, it could be your shower, (laughs) wherever it is where you make a true heart bow to God and say, you know what, God, I don't know. That's a beautiful place to start. I don't know. But here's my heart. I bow to you in my heart space. And I'm saying, God, I would like to be better. Would you help me be better? I surrender it all to you. And from there, 
after the surrender, I begin to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask, ask not. And then it also goes on to say that oftentimes people don't know how to ask correctly. Well, my mentor, Debrina Jackson Gandy, breaks down ASK as the acronym ASK. A stands for ask, which means you need to ask a question. A question ends in a question mark. So even when you pray, sometimes we're praying and we're just giving commands to God. God, would you do this for me? Well, that's kind of a question, but God, this is what I need and this is what I need and this is what I need and this is what I need. You know, we're not really asking God a question. And if you've ever watched movies about kings and queens, you can't just be going up in the courtroom being like giving demands to the king. He'll say off with your head. Are you kidding? There's a certain posture. There's a certain reverence. There's a certain protocol. And even the king's kids. Now you're a king's kid. There is more freedom. Like a king's kid can just walk up and go to the refrigerator and be like, what's for dinner? Or whatever, right? <laughs> but there's still a reverence. There's still a protocol, especially in court. So first you want to ask a question and a question ends in a question mark. And then the K stands for knock. Ooh, I'm jumping to the end. I can't spell ask, y'all. Help me, Lord. A is ask with a question on the end. S is seek. You want to seek out some new information. You want to seek the king of kings. You want to seek your Bible. You want to seek a preacher. You want to seek a preacher that's been sent by God. You want to seek out some new information. You want to seek something that's going to help you. And you want to knock. That may be calling a person that you need to say, hey, you know, forgive me for this. That may be reaching out to somebody about a job opportunity. That may be, I don't, I'm not sure how that may manifest for you, but then you need to take an action. Knock just means you're doing a physical action. And so that's the acronym of breaking down ask. And so I began to ask God a question after the surrender. And I said, God, I would like to be free of the emotional triggers that keep coming up for me in different relationships. I would like to be free of them permanently. Father, would you free me of my emotional triggers and trauma permanently? Father, would you really bring me into emotional deliverance? And it doesn't really sound like I asked a question, but I was asking two questions there on the end. Would you bring me into emotional deliverance, Lord? Father, would you deliver me from my emotional triggers and trauma? And so I began to ask God those questions. Then I began to seek. I sat with God in my journal and I said, okay, God, is there anything that I need to do other than asking for the deliverance? Now, I believe on a spiritual level, I'm completely delivered. And I've still been praying that God will supernaturally deliver me. Because here's the other thing before I get into the actual um, acronym that God gave me when I sat with him, which I'm so excited to give you guys. But here's the other thing that God brought me to several different sermons that were right on time for me from preachers and they really fueled my soul 
But one thing that I realized in one of the sermons that I watched is that some of the emotional triggers and trauma that many of us may be dealing with from our childhood or, you know, generationally doesn't really have to do with anything that we did. Sometimes we have been dropped. Sometimes we're just living in the repercussions of somebody else's actions. You know, someone that made a bad decision, didn't protect us, whatever. They made a bad decision, a poor decision, an evil decision, a wicked decision. And we're living with the repercussions of trying to heal ourselves or trying to live our life when we've been dropped in some area. And I want to encourage you that my God is mighty to save and mighty to deliver you. And this preacher was saying that many people have come into the salvation of the Lord. Many people have asked for God to come into their life to save them. And that's wonderful. But many people have not necessarily prayed for deliverance. And in order to really lay hold, I think, of the promises of God in your life, all of what God has for you in this life, It is going to take deliverance. And so it's going to take faith and a bunch of other things, but it's also, it's also going to, we don't want to also skip over deliverance. And so I've been, I've been praying for that and praying for that and seeking God about deliverance. And so with all of that said, when I sat with God in my journal, I got a download about belief work, which is another turn my mentor Debrina Jackson Gandy y'all know I'm in a class with her right now so I'm mentioning her name a lot (laughs) Uh, she always mentions belief work and so I started to realize you know why did I get triggered and I got triggered when I had that argument because I didn't feel like a priority I felt unsafe I felt um, unsecure I felt vulnerable and I had the fear that I would be hurt So the root of it was that I had a fear that I would be hurt, but the negative belief systems that were being triggered in my system, the pimple that was showing its white head was that I'm not a priority coming to the surface. I felt unsafe. I felt unsecure and I felt vulnerable to be hurt. And because I was feeling all of those negative emotions, I was starting to vibrate at this level of like, oh my God, what's going on and had an eruption. And so God began to, uh, trust me, there's so much here that I'm not sharing that's in my personal journal, but I'm just sharing you some of the key areas so that you can sit with this yourself for when you have something that comes up for you. So the next thing is God reminded me of a term wounded feminine and wounded masculine. And so I begin to think about my parents because I know that oftentimes we are dropped by our parents or the people that raised us or the people that were around that raised us. Uh, It could be an auntie, an uncle, um, you know, some of the traumatic things that you've been through in your childhood and your past was simply because somebody dropped you. It was nothing that you did. You were on the receiving end of something that attempted to break your spirit. And you're still alive today. You're still listening to this audio today. Praise God for that. But there was something that happened to you in your childhood or many things that happened in your childhood that were attacks, attempting to break you so that you could be um, 
sort of shackled or restricted from being able to fully experience the promised land and the promises for God over your life. But God is faithful and God wants to deliver you from those things. And so these are the things that God showed me. One, you have to get the belief work. What are the negative things that are coming up for you? What are the fears that are coming up for you? You have to pull them up from the root, identify them, write them, put them on a sheet of paper. Then you need to go back to your caretakers and the people who took care of you. What were the ways that they dropped you? And it will come up for you immediately. You'll know what they are. But sometimes uh, for people, you know, some things are very obvious. You know, you may have been touched as a child or something like that. But there are also things that can be more subtle. For example, I wrote down for one of my parents that sometimes I feel that one of my parents can send me off where I don't feel that my voice matters. Um, There are times where I feel like a parent calls me selfish, that things have to be my way or I'm a drama queen. (laughs) And it's funny because some of those themes I've heard from other relationships in my life outside of my parents, like friends or partners. I've heard them say like, oh, you just want things your way. Or there's times where I felt that my voice was not valued. You know, there's been times where I've said like, why are you sending me off? And that's a way that I felt from one of my parents. I felt one of my parents sort of like sent me off, like when they don't have time to deal with it or they don't want to hear it or their plate's overwhelmed or they're stressed about work. They just sort of like shut me out completely. And it's a really, it's triggering (laughs) and it, uh, it's something that really annoys me. And so I started writing those things down. Um, another thing, another one of my parents said to me openly that they should have fought for me more, but they didn't know how. And that is a theme that comes up in some of my relationships, how I move with friends. And sometimes I feel like, well, I don't know, you know, if I should take any action. Right. So anyway, I'm just saying sometimes they can be sometimes you need to go back and peel back the layers. Some stuff is very obvious and some of you may have started to do some of the healing work around the ways you may have felt dropped by your parents. I know that I have. And so this is like God is peeling back even more like, okay, you did 11 layers. Now pull back the 12th layer. So I want to encourage you to really sit with yourself when you do this and um God will direct you. I trust that God is faithful enough to direct you to land at the right place for where you need to be right now. And so I started writing these things down and the feminine things I wrote down under wounded feminine and the masculine things from my dad, I wrote down under wounded masculine. And so right now God has me healing and dealing with the wounded masculine. So here are some of the themes that came up for me around some of the behaviors that I experienced growing up that just don't work. <laughs> and I'm, I've been praying for deliverance. And so these are the areas that God helped me see. The wounded ma- masculine in being non-actionable. A healthy masculine energy is, ma- is actionable. It's going to take action. But when you're dealing with an, a masculine energy that's non-actionable and there's a fear to act, that's wounded. Lack of knowledge, fear of hurt. So you're not going to act because you're fearful of hurt. Uh, The wounded masculine that doesn't know 
his power. So how do I explain that? Sometimes we don't realize how powerful we are and how powerful our presence is. And so sometimes there's a tendency, at least for me, to sort of take myself out like, oh, well, there's nothing that I can do, you know, or I can't help the situation when in reality, I probably can. Because when a child is looking at their parent, their parent is further along than the child. Even if the parent feels like they don't have it all together, they still are further along than the child. The child is dependent upon the parent. The child is nowhere near the level of competency as the parent. Even if the parent is still working on themselves, healing themselves, you know, at the bare minimum, <laughs> they have at least years of experience on the child. Like a seven-year-old knows nothing about registering to vote. You see what I'm saying? And so sometimes I think as adults, we know that we're still human and we're still working on ourselves and we can forget that even being two steps ahead of someone else means that you're ahead of that person. And you may feel ill-equipped to help another person when you feel like you don't have it together yourself. But the truth is that's a denying of your own power because you do have an ability to help others. So I wrote that down, not knowing a wounded masculine is not knowing his power. A uh, wounded masculine being blinded by his own wounds. So again, not taking inaction because of their wounds or being blinded, like not even dealing with their wounds. And then the last thing was withholding, pouring into others. So the wounded masculine is typically is or the positive masculine is actionable. It's knowledgeable. It's confident. It knows its power. It's aware of its strengths and its weaknesses. Being aware of its weaknesses makes that a strength and an asset. The strong masculine is pouring into others, you know, but when you're withholding those things, I label that under wounded masculine. So fast forward, that's not even the juice of what I really wanted to get to, the meat of what I wanted to get to. So lastly, um, before I wrap up, the acronym that God gave me he really challenged me to look at some words and I'm going to give you the definition of these words. So I was praying about deliverance, deliverance. Like I want to really be free from these emotional wounds and triggers. Like I'm done with it. Like it's time to graduate. So whatever, whoever I got to be to be this excellent queen, she's about to graduate because I'm tired of going around the mountain. And so God challenged me to look up the word deliver, alter, and deliverance. And I'll tell you the definitions really quickly. But then when I looked at the deliver, alter, and deliverance as an acronym, it's D-A-D. Isn't that wonderful? I was dealing with the wounded masculine and praying for deliverance around the wounded masculine. And God gave me three words. And when you take the first letter of those three words, it spells dad. Now I can never forget it. I was like, I was just laughing like... In the midst of deliverance, here go God having a sense of humor. It's absolutely hilarious to me. Anyway, so here's the DAD acronym, y'all. That's probably going to be the name of this episode, D-A-D. First one, deliver. The definition that stood out to me was assist in giving birth, to save, to rescue, to set someone or something free. A is alter, to change in character, 
or composition. Alter to change in character or composition. And the last D, deliverance, authoritative utterance. Mm-mm-mm. Ooh, it's good. So the first D, deliver, assist in giving birth. That's what's happening. So the process of deliverance is actually assisting in giving birth. What are you giving birth to? A, the altar. You're giving birth to a change in character or composition. And how are you carrying out that change in character or composition? Deliverance, the last D, is by authoritative utterance. So how do you bring true deliverance and freedom? You are literally giving birth. You are saving, rescuing. You are setting someone or something free. That is yourself. You're setting yourself free. How are you doing that? You're doing that. Well, not how are you doing that. By, yeah, how are you doing that? You're doing that by changing in character or composition. So you have to alter some aspect of your life. You can't no longer go forward yelling, screaming, popping off, you know, doing things that don't work for relationship with others. The highest commandment is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of us have a hard time loving our neighbor as ourselves because we haven't really learned to truly love ourselves greater. We yell at ourselves. We pop off at ourselves. We're hard on ourselves. We're unforgiving to ourselves. So you have to learn how to alter that change in character or composition. You are giving birth to a brand new you. And how do you do that? By way of authoritative utterance. So in this particular, let's call it recipe for healing and deliverance, God told me I'm going to have to use my words. I'm going to have to get up and speak those things that are not as though they are so. I'm going to have to get up and speak my change in character or composition. I'm going to have to get up and use my words to create a vibrational change in the atmosphere to speak and create something over my life that just wasn't there before. I'm giving birth to something new. So I began to write down some declarations that I am now saying over myself every day. And they are I am statements. They are I have statements. So for example, one is I forgive. I have released and cleared out all emotional triggers, trauma, and wounds. I am free. And I say this every morning. I also have some affirmations, declarations where I have my name. Sunday, Eli is affirmed always. And when I speak my full name and I say that I am affirmed always and I speak my name, I'm creating that vibrational change, that alter in the atmosphere. And guess what's going to happen? The people that show up in my life are either going to mirror that and the people who don't mirror that energetic energy that's radiating from the inside out of my body, they're going to fall off of my life. This is deliverance. So I'm going to give you that acronym again, D-A-D. The first D is deliver, assist in giving birth, save, rescue, set someone or something free. That's what you're doing. You're giving birth to something new. How? By a change in character or composition. By authoritative utterance. D-A-D, deliver, alter, and deliverance. 
How powerful is that? And so I'm working through that right now. That's live from the front lines, okay? I'm working through that. I'm working through healing that wounded masculine. Let me correct that because I, as I was saying that, the Holy Spirit is like, you're not working through it. You are putting in practice every day the new character and composition. You are being the new person every day when I get up and speak those words over myself because deliverance God has already given to me when I asked. The Bible says, if you ask for anything in my name and believe that you have received it, then ye shall have it. I believe that as Matthew 7, 11. And so when you ask for anything in the name of Jesus, you have it if you believe that you have it. So I am already delivered from all emotional trigger and traumas and wounds in Jesus's name. I am free. And when I get up every morning and declare that over my life, I use the authoritative utterance to speak those things that are not as though they are so and therefore it is these are spiritual principles y'all this is how we become excellent queens this is how we change the trajectory of our lives this is how we transmute from fear into love this is how we allow our light to be radiate to radiate and be so illuminating within ourselves that it shines outwardly that other people are experiencing that glow this is how you maintain being a juicy woman this is how you maintain having the oxygen of your house being filtered and clean so that everyone around you is not breathing toxic poisonous air but that they are breathing clean clear crisp air because you've taken the time to clean out your own filter and to do the work I love you, Charmers. Wasn't this a juicy episode? Go ahead and share this with someone. You know it's powerful. You know it's going to change their life. That's not even really me talking. That's the Holy Spirit talking directly from God on high through me to you. I'm excited for the authoritative utterance that you're going to be speaking in your life, over your life. I'm excited for the filtering and the cleaning out of your life. I'm excited for the fruit of your life. I pray so much over this tribe that the fruit that you encounter here when you come into this space, that it nourishes you, that it heals you, that you glean from it, that it sets you free, and that when you consume it, that it's like a tree of life, that it keeps on giving, that it gives to other people in your life, and that your life is flourishing, your tree of life is flourishing because you encounter Miss Charm School Podcast and the Holy Spirit, because it's in and of myself, I could do nothing. But Christ is truly the living water and his words are living life, literally. It's everlasting water so that we can never, ever, ever be thirsty ever again. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Let me know how this episode blessed you. Share it with someone. I love to see your comments when you guys repost it and I'll talk to you soon, Charmers. Ciao.